Oh well, never was there ever a podcast so witty and clever as intentional sounding. Bam, 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 bam. Hi, I'm your resident cat, Drawplay Dave Rapocio, and this is Intentional Sounding, the Drawplay podcast. With me, as always, is Sam Grezis, the theater cat. How did how did it come to this? How has how has this become the dynamic that we're that we're starting with? Anyone anyone would have guessed it would be the other way around, but somehow now I am now I am the one who is disgusted by by your antics. Have I you saw seen, cats. You, yeah, you saw you saw the bad movie where Rebel Wilson takes off her skin and eats humans. It's it's a hot mess. I recommend everyone see it, but not alone. If you can gather, oh god! Like it, I think it's already out of theaters. Like I was, I've been working. Uh, like when I first saw that it was bombing, and like the first reviews started coming out about just that it is as bad as it looks. I, my desire to see it suddenly went from nothing to oh, I'll watch a disaster. Well, did so it I bomb? did like did it do badly at the box office? I was kind of assuming that. Oh no! The first weekend, it was like in a dismal hit. Like it, it has yet to make its money back. Um, it was it was made for the budget was listed around a million, uh, like one million or a hundred million dollars, which okay. obviously that doesn't take into account like marketing and stuff like that. Right. It's opening weekend. It made like seven million dollars. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, fair. That's not I th- do it. In the three weeks since it opened, it's made around fifty. So okay. it's cult of people like me who wanted right. to point and laugh have given it some money, but not right. enough to make a profit, and it's not gonna make a profit because it's disgusting and it's weird and it's horny, and I feel like I've seen Idris Elba naked, but not how I would have wanted to. I thought that they yeah, I was gonna say. I thought they didn't they CG out his pebis. That was Jason Derulo. Oh, but apparently okay. they kind of had to do that to everybody, which right. doesn't surprise me because like it, they were clearly wearing fairly skin tight outfits whenever they did like the dancing. It's just, it's rare to watch a movie where from the word go, everything about it was based on such a fundamental mistake. Yeah, there was no there was no way it was ever going to be good because the the very premise that they started to work with was never going to work. I I think that what they were trying to go for was some sort of like camp, like like Grease Live or or any of those things that are kind of like fun to watch and you kind of laugh with and at because it's at the end of the day it's just a bunch of actors kind of being I don't think it's going for a camp I think because it's made by the same guy who did Les Mis and yeah and Les Mis was good Les Mis was fine I guess I'm you know but the thing is like that director kind of takes himself a little too seriously ah so like if you like he's the same guy who did like the king's speech where he's like okay he's doing like all like really oh boy yeah yeah it's the same director as the king's speech in les mis he it's just like every decision directorial like conceptually about the movie is it's just a big question mark when you're watching it honestly half the time it's kind of just boring because the songs are i mean they kind of... I saw the stage show when I was a kid. My mom dragged us to the okay. stage show 
when I was a kid. And I remember liking it as a kid, but I remember almost nothing about it except for the big showstopper sad song at the end and the song Magical Mr. Mistopheles, which was the certified banger that everyone agrees is the certified banger of sure. that play. I don't remember anything else, but I when I came to this, like I went into it with like a little bit of familiarity. I'd read up on it. It's there's no plot because there there never was one. It's just a bunch of cats introducing themselves and then one of them gets to die or that's the interpretation anyway. They're all dumb. It the movie operates on like a weird dream logic and I mean that's kind of true with most musicals. Yeah. But it's especially bad with this one because a lot of musicals they give you like a little bit of pause between songs. And they and they kind of set things up and the songs are their plot progressions a lot of the ways like their plot or character development progressions because like they they just decide okay we're going to have a, a bit of a story element like like think about like let it go from frozen it's it's essentially character development in song form it's about her it's about the this aspect of her getting accepting this part of her and moving on with it like that's that's the point of the song like it's a catchy song and everybody loved it but that like it served a purpose to character development and forwarding the plot cats doesn't have that because mm-hmm. it doesn't have a plot right it's just songs about the cats doing their cat things so it just kind of moves around without aim the way a dream does like how you're like in a dream and then you'll you'll be in like some aspect of a dream and then you're in like this next aspect of a dream and through dream logic it just kind of happens there's no logical progression to get to the next point it just kind of like weirdly flows and all of a sudden you're in the next part of the dream and you're like how did i get here that's the entire movie and it's and it's horrible i loved oh it it's it's a complete mess an absolute mess. And for every moment where you're kind of dull, like like the dancing does not work. And it, mm-hmm. like the guy keeps doing close-ups because he, he like if you saw Les Mis, like he's he, he's in love with actors singing in close-ups to the camera, which okay. Cats isn't. It's basically yeah, it a dancing stage kinda. show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but all the dancing is kind of like quick cuts and bad edits and because like all the cgi is just everywhere it distracts you from what the legitimate dancing actually is like there's like, there's two cats that i i think were like hip-hop dance people uh-huh. uh they're both wearing sneakers because fuck this movie sure. but at one point they're like getting and they're doing like cool like break dancing moves in front of the camera and I know that they're mostly doing those moves, but because the CGI is in it and it's kind of imperfect and the tails are clearly CGI, like it's uncanny valley and it ruins the actual performance of the dancing. So not even the dancing or the presentation of the dancing, which is honestly the the show, uh-huh. it's garbage. It's It's all just baffling. Every decision made was just baffling. At one point towards the end, I just, I straight up broke and I spent the first half of the emotional climax of the movie trying to stifle giggles because I, I had just been shattered. Fair. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I, I have heard is, is 
it is a very loud movie-going experience. People, there is one moment where everyone just fucking laughs. There, there are moments where people like literally audibly. You gasp spend a lot. You there's a lot of moments where you're like, what? That literally just happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would that? Wh- what? There's, there's nothing indicate. Like every time Idris Elba's on screen, something weird's about to happen. So, right. and it, it's gonna catch you off guard, and it's amazing. And again, if you can get a group of friends who like watching bad movies, because there's nothing more fun than watching bad movies with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Get a bunch of, of friends, get yourself inebriated, and watch this movie, and you'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. And also, despite all of its problems, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, kind of slaps. That's that's the other thing I've heard, is that some of the songs are actually good. Well, I want to drill down, because I want to drill down on this. The The discourse I have seen on Twitter, the most, the most interesting thing about the movie so far has been uh, the fact that a lot of folks are, were hard-pressed to come up with a movie they have seen in theaters that was actually, like, verifiably, objectively bad, right? Those movies don't get it's it's mostly like mediocre movies. Movies you that's what's so fascinating. About, that's why right? I wanted to see this is yeah. because movie gigantic bombs that are just misconceptions straight from the get-go they don't make it through the system anymore right they don't well because it's it's kind of like because the curve has been flattened right no one no studios are really taking big chances anymore which is oddly enough how you get to this movie in the first place where it's like oh movie musicals are hot we have this great director he did les mis what's a good we have a well-known brand yeah Yeah, we're gonna hire we're gonna hire literally every famous actor and singer you can think of and and that's how you get cats right it's Mm -hmm. it's it, it is wild i was trying to think of the last like bad movie i saw in theaters and i'm kind of coming up empty it might be bruno but i think i saw bruno like on dvd I don't think I saw it in theaters, uh, but I could. I think the one. last bad movie I saw in theaters was me and some friends went to go see The Nun, like oh. the, the 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 Conjuring horror movie yeah, cinematic what, universe. Uh, it, and I, it wasn't even that bad. It was it was just bland and boring. Ray and I have, uh, well, Ray has poisoned my brain with this. It, it, apparently, there is a. Um, uh, there is a scene in the in the movie The Nun where someone literally pisses a nun, like they pee and the nun gets them through the pee or something. And uh, I feel like I would have remembered that if that happened. Well, because I do not remember that at all. Hit hit up Ray because because the that led to Ray when he really has to pee. The phrase is "I gotta piss a nun," and now now I say it too. And it's catching on, and now it's on the podcast. So I have know, to instead of piss like I gotta piss nun. like a racehorse, I gotta you know I gotta piss a nun. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe that maybe something like that happens during like one of the, the climax the sequences. I don't recall anything so, pissing though. 
gonna go ahead and just open up my incognito window right here <laughs> search for the nun movie p scene because uh movie reviews it's just top top 10 hilarious peeing scenes in movies at this moment i almost pee on myself Women peeing in movies list on imdb.com. <laughs> just gonna go so ahead and God. close out this window and pretend that none of that ever happened. He's gonna have to describe the rest of the context of that scene yeah, because I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I saw that and I actually remember a decent amount of it and I don't remember anything close to that. Okay, I'll, I'll ask for I'll ask for clarity and report back. Mm-hmm. We we need reports on nun p on nun p yes nun p uh speaking speaking of 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 pissing and 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 uh, I guess people who who suck who drink drink piss uh can we please please can we please talk about football <laughs> what is, this isn't everybody's main source of bad movie podcast of, of andrew, like, and andrew lloyd weber movie uh movie musical podcast. that's what people want they want it our is. cats reviews it's true it's true yeah i still haven't seen it the gotta, patriots fucking lost they I, did it i i'm gonna say at, at the beginning like and i listen i people people called me out for like oh you're you jinxed it they're gonna win and you know i i i get with that i understand I understand why uh, you said it in the moment, and I'm not going to be like, oh, you were wrong, whatever. No, I get it. I get it. I get it, right? You don't want to jinx something that big. I'm going to point you back to my original tweet where where I say something to the effect of, if you have lost hope, you have lost everything. If you're too scared to hope, why bother? Um, and, you know, the world's a shitty place, but sometimes good things do happen. And from the, the, the biggest thing I, okay. What makes you happiest about this? Why don't we, why don't we start there? What makes you have, there's a lot to love and we'll probably get into all of it, but what makes you happiest about Tom Brady and the Patriots losing in the wild card round to the Tennessee Titans in the year of our Lord 2020? We now have three weeks of playoffs where I don't have the looming specter of the Patriots coming in yep. and winning looming over us at all it feels like i can just enjoy playoff football without that dark specter shadow looming on me being like well that's inevitable but at least the other games are good now it's like i can just watch football Mm -hmm. and it feels freeing the the other nice thing about that is every other team left is either a good team that is exciting to watch or a possible fraud. And I think the funniest part is we have the two frauds playing each other this weekend. Uh, there's a third fraud in there, but we'll get into that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the um, two teams that I feel are frauds right, are playing right. each other. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that uh, assessment, though, too. The, the Pack and the Seahawks. I, I don't know, man. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun if, if one of them makes it all the way. Uh, to the Super Bowl that that will that game will be very interesting that that's my thing is that um this isn't my number one thing that makes me the most happy but uh the fact that not just the the Patriots won't win another boring Super Bowl this 
means that the Super Bowl itself will likely, given all of the evidence we have, right, given everything we know about all these teams, it will likely be not boring. Either a fraud will get exposed uh, or it'll just be a nice close game. I, I think that like in a nice relatively high scoring game at that, you know, these are all yeah. teams that have that don't um, we don't have a Patriots like team in here with an anemic offense that can just score enough points to win. Really, the closest thing we have to that, I think, uh, was uh, the Texans is now the Vikings. But they're I mean, I don't know, man, the Vikings make tons of electric plays. Yeah, the the Vikings are kind of kind of they're very much a real wild card because you exactly. don't know what Vikings team you're going to get. The the biggest thing I think for me, the biggest thing that I am taking away from this is that it's seeming and I don't want to call this yet cuz this would this would be a big deal, but like everyone's talking about Tom Brady not being in the Patriots next year and I don't I don't necessarily believe it, right? But there is a non-zero chance that Tom Brady will have gone out like a punk. Yeah, that is true. There's a non-zero chance that Tom Brady's final pass in the NFL, or at least final pass as a Patriot, yeah. was a pick six into a, his own end zone in a wild card loss to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yep. One that was his fault, too. He passed behind his... It was tipped, but he passed behind his receiver. Yep. There's a There's an incredible joy in that. Yeah. And it's just it's just nice to not have them on the side kind of just ruining everything by not being fun to watch. Right. And that that was we've talked about this like obviously we're a football podcast. We talk about the Patriots a lot. And that is their unforgivable sin. Is that the Patriots are not fun to watch. There you need you need an enemy, right? In any in any sports for any sports sports uh, league is better with an enemy, right? There's a ton of hate for like the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Lakers. That makes the league better, right? When you have someone to hate, yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you follow soccer, uh, Manchester United, less so today, but still because they have more money than God, you know, they're hateable. Uh, baseball, you got the Yankees and. <laughs> Uh, the Red Sox and kind of the Cubs now. Um, it, it's it's just really it's it's great to have that kind of yeah. And in, in hockey, you got you got the Bruins, the Capitals, the Penguins, pretty much. Well, I mean everyone, right? The 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 enemy in hockey moves around year to year. I, I would call it probably the Penguins. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the number one, right? Cause, cause they're just always, and that might be East coast bias, but still, yeah. um, but the, the enemy, the, the heel in football is the Patriots, no doubt, but they're just not fun to watch. Every other team, every other enemy team is at least fun to watch the Patriots or at least fun more watch. fun to hate. Like right, that's the exactly. thing. Like the Patriots were fun to hate for a while, especially around like the turn of the decade, when like they were going like eighteen and one, like that kind of team, right. where right. like we weren't we weren't sure that they were in for this secondary renaissance, but they were still constantly there, and yeah. they were they were pretty easy to hate. And then after they came back against the Seahawks, that kind yeah, of felt that like that kind of felt like it should have been the swan song for 
the career heel. Yes. Was that was right. like that victory was like the the swan the, the last great match of the career heel Patriots. But right. then they just came back the next year and when they beat the Falcons it was kind of like inevitable. That's yeah. that's the yeah. thing that always struck me about that game was that comeback wasn't fun because it just felt inevitable. Even, it even, never even felt exciting. Was- even though, like, that was, there wasn't really much precedent for that other than the Seahawks' miracle victory, which, I, I mean, I guess kind of is precedent. The Patriots have made their money on winning, uh, like, winning could go either way Super Bowls like that for, you know, for the entirety, really, of their of their dynasty. Yeah, um, every Super Bowl they've played in could have gone either direction very yeah, easily. Really. Yeah, yeah, down down to that first one. I, I, I made this argument on Twitter, and I'll fucking stand by it, that Greg Zerline is more important to the Patriots dynasty than um, uh, than Tom Brady. <laughs> Greg Zerline? Yeah. You mean, you mean uh, not the Greg Rams? Zerline. The fuck, Rams kick? No, no, not Adam the Rams kick, I was thinking Rams. Yeah, fuck, dude. The, the dude, um, got, not Goskowski. Who fucking Adam Vinatieri. Adam, Adam Vinatieri. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Stupid. Uh, yeah, the other one, the not Greg Zerline one. Uh, Adam Vinatieri I sh- is, is. I should more... I should really quote quote tweet you right now. Just like Greg Zerline is more important to the yeah, to, to the to, Patriots well, dynasty. <laughs> there's an argument there too. It's a stupid one, but you know someone could make it. He. I he guess was, so. He was responsible for the point differential in all three uh of the Super Bowls that they won that he played in. Uh, and he was single-handedly responsible for the game that pretty much locked in Tom Brady's career as a starter, right? Yeah. I don't know. There, I, I, I believe that. That's my. That's fucking my hot take. Anyway, I, I think that the thing with the Patriots, and I, I don't want to boil it down to be so simple, but, but they were fun to watch when their receivers were good and they had a really exciting running back core uh with oh my god what is this like uh that pass catching running back not uh Shane Vereen when Shane Vereen was good and Julian Edelman was great and Rob Gronkowski was there and Danny Amendola was out of the backfield too um, and fucking Wes Welker like there the Patriots used to field an offense that was at the very least dynamic. They had one of the best wide receiving cores in the league for a pretty long time. And then it all just kind of faded and it faded so slow. Well, I, I guess it didn't fade slowly. Like that's the thing. Like it feels like this year, their offense just plummeted. I didn't though. It didn't though. And it didn't because it, it was, it had been, it wasn't like, great last year, yeah. but it's like, the thing is they still kind of figured it out. And I think that's, that's what the, the weird part about this season was it felt like at some point they were going to figure it out because they always kind of figured it out by the end of the season. They, yeah. they've yeah, had flawed starts plenty of times and people have been like, well, 
something doesn't look right, or their offense or the defense. But they always, by the end of the season, they had always kind of figured it out. They had always adjusted to what their current roster was and figured out something that worked. And that's what got them deep into the playoffs was that they figured it out. They just never figured it out this year. Their offense just stayed terrible the whole time. And you can blame injuries. They certainly had injuries. You can blame lack of talent. They certainly had a lack of talent. Mm-hmm. But there was something else missing. I and it's hard to not look at Tom Brady and be like, well, is it him? Well, so here's here's my thing. I think that we have a, a ship of Theseus problem here, right? Because Bill Belichick's thing was always that his scheme, you could slot players in and out, no matter whether it's Tom Brady or not. Um, it was it was the kind of thing where, yeah, I, I'm going to swap out everyone at every position, no matter what, and I'll still have a winning team. I think that no, I, I can't say he got lucky with that, right? Because obviously he's a great coach and he knows how to put together a team. He put together one of, if not the most dominating football dynasty uh, we've ever seen. Um, but I think that I think that when Rob Gronkowski left, everything fell apart. I I think that that Rob Gronkowski was the safety valve. And I've said this before. I I think he was more important than we really took credit for understanding. Yeah. He really was just like the last half decade, just the valve. He was the secret. He kept it all together. And that the reason, the reason that it was so sneaky was because usually Tom Brady had a couple of other real, like, really good star receivers to throw to right it was like to, uh, like rob gronkowski wasn't didn't always need to be the first or second read on any given play i think that like when when you let you know wes welker walk when you let danny amendola walk um you know when you when you get rid of a good pass catching back in favor of a less good one. And, you know, now you have Sony Michelle, who's a, who's a really good one, but you, you don't have that kind of offensive depth that you once did. When you lose a guy like Rob Gronkowski to retirement, the whole thing, I feel, I really do feel like the whole thing falls apart. Right. And Tom, and that's why this season, uh, Tom Brady's age, or whatever you want to call it, has shown more so than previous seasons. It's because previous seasons, like, I don't know if Tom Brady's a worse quarterback this year than he was last year. I'll I mean, tell you what, one thing is true. His line is worse. And if there's oh, anything that that's, that's the, the sure previous true. years have ever shown is that if you rattle Brady, he starts yeah. to suck. Yes. And yes. like that like every every time he's ever lost a struggle that you can think of like the Giants two Super Bowls or when the Eagles got to him or pretty much any time Tom Brady has looked bad in a game it's because the defense has gotten to him. Yes. And when you Exactly. And this year all defenses were doing was getting to him. He never found a rhythm. He never found space because he never had the time. He was starting Marshall Newhouse, which Giants fans will know why that was a mistake. <laughs> it like th- that's the thing. Like Tom Brady this year has been fascinating to me because I feel like he's finally in the position that a lot of quarterbacks go through post glory days. 
like or, or, yeah, like this is what too. has happened to Eli for like the last yes. five seasons. It's just yeah. like everything around him fell apart. It happened a little bit sooner, and everything. This is this is what normally good quarterbacks who are old go through. Yeah, when they've when they've been the franchise cornerstone for a long time, but it's the twilight of their career. Things are starting to fall apart. It their team just figured out how to hold it together a little bit longer than most teams do, and now he's dealing with what quarterbacks normally go through. The talent has left. Things are broken, and he just doesn't have the physical abilities to keep up anymore. The 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 other thing, and the thing that makes it even starker, is the fact that the Patriots have fielded one of the best O-lines in football for, like, the better part of a decade, right? So when, when that starts to crumble away, the cracks are going to show. And yeah. I, like, you know, I don't know if this is the end for the Patriots, right? I don't know if it's the end for the Patriots, even if I Tom think Brady Tom leaves. Brady comes back. I'm pretty sure, like, everybody's, like, all hyped up on the possibilities. I'm, yeah. I'm on, I, I am going to wait and see if Tom Brady doesn't end up on the Pats because it doesn't feel, I don't see Brady not coming back for one more season at minimum. Because sure. you know he's got broke competitor brain, and he doesn't want to go yeah, out yeah, on a pick brain. six to the Titans in the wild card. You you know that that's going to bug the shit out of him because he's got broke-ass competitor brain, which makes it incapable of ever being satisfied. I, that The thing is that that scares me, right? Because then the, nar- then the narrative becomes it's the comebacks. He's 100% oh, going boy. to go on the sort of comeback I can still do it tour, which... I'm definitely dreading. I'm dreading all of that shit. I'm dreading him having a good game next season, coming back and doing all that shit. My hope and pray is that he does come back for one more season. He goes to the Patriots because he has enough clout to overrule Belichick, who probably doesn't want him there anymore. Yeah, almost definitely. I would would think that Bill Belichick, after seeing this season, is like, okay, now is— now is the optimal time to start a rebuild with around our youngest players. And mm-hmm. our, our window then, like, we probably won't be as competitive for the next couple of years, but we'll be Super Bowl contenders in three, you know, at a minimum. So, yeah. you know. I want Brady to come back, and I want him to look just as bad, if not worse, this year, and basically waste the Patriots next season that, because he was too stubborn to retire when oh he should have. That would be so, so choice. That would be so choice. It I, would I mean, also own scenario, if he did right? go to a different team and sucked ass because he didn't have Belichick and yep. the planning of the Patriots around him, and then we could all call him a fraud. Yep, yep. That is my hope. Right. Because I've I've talked I talked about this last week, right, that it's hard to judge Tom Brady or really any quarterback in a vacuum, especially if they've played for one team their whole career. Um, you, you kind of can't. It's it's tough to judge a quarterback on their own by their own merits, because yeah. so much of what they do is dependent on who is around surrounding them. cast, like yeah. coaching scheme, like just general situation. There are so many variables to the success of anything in the NFL. That's one of the reasons why I'll never be a true stat dork who looks right. at the sheets and just trusts everything they say completely because there there's just too much that can affect anyone's 
anyone's career in Especially any possible the quarterback way. Position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something that I'm at the very least like curious about. Obviously, yeah, it'd be it'd be great if he goes to another team that's supposed to be able to contend and tanks them because like they they don't have an offensive line or their scheme is different and Tom Brady can't learn it. Um, that would be amazing. Uh, but but I would also like you know from a purely scientific non vindictive standpoint, I would love to see like how he he performs on a different team. I would love to really see Tom Brady to see in a that. different uniform. Yeah, God, just to yeah, see how wow. much it would bother people. Yeah, because I feel yeah, like it would bother weird. even me. Yes, it would definitely bother me. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. It would it would be wrong, and when it's wrong, I don't want to be right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anyway, we should probably. Yeah. No one's we, gonna be surprised that we spent. No, no one's gonna be surprised. Like we tweeted all this. Saturday this is night. a it grave. We are like I. This is this is a grave we've wanted to dance on for quite some time, and yeah. even if it's a temporary dance, like those in cats, at least we can enjoy it mm-hmm. right now. For the rest of the playoffs, for the rest of January, we do not have to go to Foxborough. And thank fucking God. Thank you, Derrick Henry. Thank you so much yeah, for being was, the hero really we needed. It was just him, wasn't it? Very, it very was good. just Derrick Henry. Nothing else. It, he just utterly demolished everything. He was that game. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Other, Honestly, the other, the other games were also very good in terms yeah. of NFL chaos. Yes. Vikings pulled off the upset over the Saints, which was amazing. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't think that I mean I didn't I didn't think the think Saints were going to look that bad, but yeah. I think the the Vikings defense especially played like maybe their best game of the season. Like yeah, it was scary. incredibly good. They, their offense had a little struggles, but they the Vikings came out like it was a bad weekend to be a 3 seed. The Patriots and the Saints both lost to the sixth seed, which is hysterical. And now all I want is a Vikings-Titans Super Bowl. That is that is my desire. I know it won't happen. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Saints are gone. Um, the Seahawks-Eagles game was honestly just kind of an ugly mess. Yeah, yeah. I tuned in for a bit of that, and then I just kind of, like, watched. You didn't miss much. Score. It was yeah. just, like, it, it was a typical Seahawks victory which is just this ugly thing that feels like it shouldn't have been a victory, but it was. Like the the Seahawks are a very uninspiring team this year, despite their success, despite their record, which it kind of goes in line with the Packers. It's like yeah, nobody yeah, they're, was they're talking the Frogs, about right? the they're Packers the and then all of a sudden they're the number 2 seed and you're like, "Wait, what? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did these two teams end up with so many wins because I've watched games with them and they didn't look that good." No. No, not at all. I the is, Seahawks which were part why, a, which is part of why I want I want them to be in the Super Bowl. Like I kind of want either one of them to make it to the Super Bowl, just just because that is always I love I love a fraud Super Bowl, right? I love a fraud in the Super Bowl. That's fun. I I would like a fraud in the Super Bowl if either of these teams were fun to watch. Yeah, I think that's, that's the problem. The that's Seahawks, the Seahawks and the Packers are not fun to watch. Yeah. Like they're 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 getting their fraud status. They're working it through, but like they're just outside like typical Russell Wilson bullshit once in a while. They're just not that fun to watch. Mm-hmm. 
They're just kind of a slog that's getting by. It's They'll have some fun plays once in a while. DK Metcalf is cool. Russell Wilson's still him. Rodgers is still him sometimes. Like, it's just... It's just a slog. It's it's kind of like watching last year's Super Bowl. Like, yeah. that was a fraud Super Bowl. Like, these are two good teams, but they're just kind of slugging it out, and it's not making for an entertaining watch. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't want either of them to move on, which sadly one of them will, flip, simply flip. because I don't enjoy watching them play. Flip The flip of that, the flip of that is that, in my mind, it could end up being like a Harlem Globetrotters type thing. You know, I and again, this is me. This is me, like thinking they go up against you know a Ravens or a Chiefs, right? Where where people will absolutely be able to like fucking put on a show. But uh, you know that that would be fun to see a to see a like fifty point blowout in the Super Bowl and Lamar Jackson run for you know six hundred yards. Yeah, I feel bad for the Bills. They oh had God. it. God, yeah, man. God, they had that game. They they had three quarters of that game, and then two drives later, and the Texans were on top, and they couldn't they couldn't do it. I, the 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 yeah. build like I knew it was over, even though it ended up going to overtime. You could tell it, it it was kind of one of those inevitable games where you could just tell the Bills were gonna blow it, and yeah. especially when it was like fourth down, late in the fourth. And Josh Allen takes like a 30-yard sack. And you're like, oh my God, Bills, how did you let this happen? You had them. They you were They they had so many chances to put him away. Uh I, Good we chaos were, though. We Just all, incredible we were all, chaos. We were all rooting for them. We were all Yeah, we kinda were. We were we were all kind of rooting for the Bills. Like the Texans are fun, but you kind of wanted to see the Bills. Like, the Bills were the kind of fraud that I would have wanted to see all the yes, way. Yes, absolutely. That 100%. was a fraud team that I wanted to see go very deep into the playoffs. Because that's a fraud team that's still fun to watch. Because Josh Allen is either a disaster or amazing. And that's right. entertaining football either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very, very true. On the plus side, we do have a surprising amount of fun quarterbacks in especially the AFC looks so much fun right now like the yeah, NFC yeah, is kind of like whatever the AFC we got Mahomes we got Jackson we got Watson there's just a lot of fun left even Ryan Tannehill's fun yeah Ryan Tannehill was a lot of fun dude there's so much fun in the AFC. I, the the AFC also, playoffs have never looked so enjoyable than they do right now. It's so pure. He also, uh, not for nothing, but Tannehill didn't, like, Tannehill had an okay game, whatever, against the Patriots. But that was one of the one of the parts of the Patriots team that was yeah, good their, all year. Their defense their, is good. Their secondary. Their defense and their secondary, right? Especially. Um, so, like, if, if you're going to blast us about, like, Oh, but he didn't do anything against the Patriots. I mean, I, my thing is, I, I think that I obviously still think the Ravens are going to, are going to win pretty handily on Saturday, but Ryan Tannehill might have himself a game. Fuck. I don't know. I'm excited. 
Yeah, me too. It's just, it's just, there's just so much excitement to be going into this weekend. It just feels so open. There's going to be so much that we just don't know what's going to happen. And I'm just ready to sit back with a bag of popcorn and let the football wash over me with no bad feelings, no bad vibes. Just let the divisional round football, which is usually the best round of the playoffs, to be it's true. perfectly that is honest with you. Very true. Very, very true. Just let it flow over me. Just wash pure football bliss this weekend. There's no team left that I genuinely, truly hate. Yeah. There's yeah. just a couple teams that I would prefer other over other teams, which is just normal fandom for everyone. Right. I just I just want the football to flow over me. I want to sink beneath the surface of football and drown in football bliss. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Agreed. Let's do a quick uh, who you think's going to win before we move on to coaching hires. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, uh, for this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably like, well, the only non-scratch pick is probably going to be uh, me taking the Vikings over the fraudulent uh, 49ers. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the Vikings over the 49ers. And then I've got the Ravens, I've got the Chiefs, and then... Shit, man. This this one's, I guess, the tougher one is is which which fraud team do you think will fraud harder? And I think I think the Seahawks will win. I think the Seahawks will win, but I'm not confident in that. I think we're all. more or less in agreement here. I think the home teams are gonna win this round, except for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I think okay. the Seahawks are a better team than the Packers are. I don't I, know how the Packers my... ended up with the record they did. But yeah. the Seahawks, I can. The Seahawks are a little bit more battle tested than this Packers team is. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, you can you can draw a little bit more of a bead on the on the Seahawks than you can on the Packers. I think. Yeah, but even if it is mostly just the home teams, which kind of ruins the sort of chaos aspect yeah. that we had going yeah. on, I'm okay with that. As long as the games are good, I'm okay with I think it. They will be. I do. Yeah, I do. I think I, the there's no reason. Like none of these feel. Like they all feel like they could potentially be blowouts, but they also feel right. like they could be good games. Like the Texans are good enough to annoy the Chiefs oh, and yeah. sneak through. Yeah. The Titans are irritating enough to disrupt the Ravens. Yes. I don't yes. think it'll happen, but they're irritating enough. If they play ball control, keeping the ball yeah. out of Lamar Jackson's hands, which is yeah. a case where like you don't. You're not going to stop Lamar Jackson every time, but if you can minimize the amount of times you have to stop him by controlling right. the clock and running Henry up the gut, like that's going to help you win. That's stuff. That's good probably going to be the Titans' game plan. The forty. The Vikings are a better team than I gave them credit for, and yeah. the Niners can be beaten. We saw that towards the end of the season, so that could be a flip. And Packers Seahawks, it it's a battle of frauds. So someone's gonna win. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for every single game. Sam, yes. Let's go over the coaching changes that have been made so far. We we could start with I we may have touched on it already, but we could start with the very first coach that got hired, and that is the Redskins with Ron Rivera. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we talked a little bit about that we last did. week. Um, and then, you know, it just makes me it makes me fucking sad. And that's, you know, all all really I have to say about it without rehashing everything from last week. One thing I will notice is we didn't get to because it hadn't happened yet. They're apparently going to fire their GM after the draft. Yeah, which oh, is yeah I saw that. A 
baffling decision on basically every level. Like, why? Like, you're being open with the fact that these people will not be employed after the draft. Where's their motivation to help you? Where's where where's the sense in having the people in charge of the future not picking the first crop of players for the future what where is the logic here is there logic here the um the reasoning that i saw that was uh, i don't know it made me at least think that this wasn't a bad move Uh, The reasoning I saw was that a lot of the pre-draft work had already been done by this point before they before they were going to pick a new GM um, before they decided they were going to fire the GM rather. And they didn't want to kind of throw all that work out as it were. So it's it's kind of like it's I guess senioritis at this point. It's like you've done all the work you needed to do. And, you know, we like I, I think it's also that ownership knows the game plan, you know, so like they could let the GM go, but and like and make those moves, but they would rather not to kind of let them get the fruits of their labor. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the specific rationale is, but the the reason that I that that I saw that was most salient was that a lot of the pre-draft work had already been done like a month or two ago and uh that's kind of they didn't want to have to start from square one in terms of draft analysis and putting together a team um in the image of a new gm and coach you know i guess there's i guess there's some level of logic to that i i don't necessarily agree with it and right right. my that's my my thing too my hope is that the people who are going to be making the picks are bitter that they're going to lose their job anyway. So they just like draft like Jake Fromm instead of like a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Like number four. Like I think that would be you go out guns blazing basically. Uh-huh. Just like, hey, my job doesn't mean anything. Well, neither does this draft. Fuck Boosh. Yeah. Trade a whole bunch of picks to move up one slot, draft Drake from, completely throw off the balance of the locker room with Dwayne Haskins. Like, just go down in a pile of flames, and it would be the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other big hires that have happened are Dallas. It After we talked, which was Literally, basically the catalyst. Yeah, it wasn't night of. It was like night of. It was, was when... the next morning. Yeah. Uh, every single fucking time. Every time. It always happens before I'm able to edit and put the damn thing up. But Jason Garrett has finally been let go, and Mike McCarthy, Fat Mike, is now the Dallas head coach. So now, the I guess the question is, we get to find out like how much Mike McCarthy is actually a good coach, because he doesn't have an all-world talent under him anymore. Right. He's going to have to work with Dak, who's hit or miss, and a team that's talented but also hit or miss. How much there, is he going to be a puppet to Jerry? See, that's my thing is I don't think he I don't think he will be, right? I don't think that's the way Mike McCarthy works, especially given his very public like falling out with uh um uh fucking 
Aaron Rodgers. Christ, Aaron Rodgers. I was like Aaron Murray because you said Jake Fromm, and I was Georgia. Clark. No, no, his falling out with Greg Zerline. Yo, yeah, Greg Zerline. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's always fucking Greg's with me, isn't it? That's, that's fucking fucking, fucking Greg Zerline. I. This felt like the safe bet. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah. I th- this felt like a move that I thought the Giants were going to do. I genuinely thought the Giants were going to go after Mike McCarthy because he just seemed like that kind of coach. He's got experience. He's he won a Super Bowl like a decade ago. He's he's got that old school attitude. He last team he was on, he was blessed with an all-world quarterback and like it's where it's hard to tell how much was him and how much was the quarterback and the team around him, that kind of deal. I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach, but I don't know if he's a great coach. And this feels very, this is, I don't think Dallas is going to be all that much better under McCarthy than they were under Garrett. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like this was a big upgrade. This feels kind of lateral move. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that uh, I think that the the shit that the shit that sank Jason Garrett were the baffling coaching moves that he made this year. The the shit that was like on his shoulders that he just fucked up. Um, I think that if you're a Dallas fan, there is hope in the fact that Kellen Moore wants to stay, yeah. who has been like quietly really really good for the development of the Cowboys' offense. Um, he like who who the fuck would have guessed, right? Sometimes it's the backups that that make good coaches because they have yep. to sit on the sideline watching this shit go down instead of actually playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason Garrett was a career backup. That's yeah. how he kind of got the job. A lot of a lot of coaches are career backups. Like you, you just have that sort of study you just get to watch you get to watch the coaches work you get to watch you get to go through all the motions of how to keep things in line you're just kind of there you don't get beat up with your body and everything so yeah i I can kind of understand that there is hope for dallas and it's going to be interesting to see what mccarthy does but there's a part of me that feels like dallas is just gonna stay dallas Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's super 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 fair Oh, who else got hired? Joe Judge. That was a shock. Every yeah. The biggest uh, coaching hire that made everyone say, who? That would have been the New York Giants. So the Giants and the Panthers were essentially in a bidding war for Baylor coach Mike Rule. Uh, mm-hmm. And Panthers won that by offering him an obscene amount of money and control which the Giants were not willing to match, which, honestly, considering what the Panthers gave him, I can kind of understand. Apparently, there are other owners who are pissed at David Tepper for how much they gave (laughs) Matt Rule control because that drives the costs of coaches and everything else up. Uh Rule's a big wild card at this point. I feel like he is a good coach, but there's a chance that the Panthers get Chip Kellyed. And I think that that was David tepper's thing right i think he well i don't think he knows it but i think he he was like oh yeah an exciting i think this was david tepper's plan from the start was to do yeah. something like this right um i don't know if he knows the which makes sense involved, but yeah yeah it I, makes perfect sense yeah honestly considering with like how they let go of ron rivera how it was clearly kind of amicable and how they just wanted to sort of move on into a new era and just like 
really he wanted to make his mark. He wanted to remove all the Jerry Richardson stink off yeah. the team and really make it his team. That that this is a power move by Tepper and it makes sense and I'm okay with it. I'm honestly very interested to see how the Panthers do under Rule because I thought Rule was a pretty good pick and I was pretty upset when the Giants didn't get him and I was very confused with the guy the Giants did get. He's a Belichick disciple, but it wasn't McDaniels. It was right. the special teams coach and partially wide receivers coach this year, which from what I can tell was a job that was kind of thrust upon him because they didn't have anyone else to do it. Not necessarily his choice, and he wasn't promoted to do that. He was just kind of given that job. But he Belichick loves him, which I honestly I don't think that means anything. But he's been there for eight years. He's a good special teams coach. I like the fact that we hired a special teams coach because he's not going to force his system on the team. He's going to hire people to control the offense and to control the defense, which frees him up, which is one of the major problems we've had. Like the last coach we had like that was Coughlin. After McAdoo, McAdoo was the offensive guy. He didn't give a shit about the defense. He was all about installing his system and calling the plays, and that's exactly what Shermer was, and it didn't work out because it felt like they had too much on their plate, and also they weren't that good to begin with. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Joe Judge is. That's the thing. He's such a complete unknown in, like, every way. It it was just a surprise, like, who? What is this? Who's who's Joe Judge? What? I don't know what this is. I I think this is the one Bilicek disciple uh, that might actually work out. It's it's the unconventional choice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Did you hear? um, Speaking of, do you hear uh, what's been happening with the Browns literally as of today? No, I have not uh, kept up with football news today. I had to spend three hours in the DMV renewing my license. So, so so three hours today sucked. Cats. Three hours today at the DMV. Damn, dude. Uh, well, okay. So uh, Josh McDaniels visited with the Browns, I think, yesterday, like for, for okay. the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back today without a deal. Uh, and uh, the news out of today, like during the afternoon, was that the Browns had narrowed their coaching uh, decision down to three, uh, one of whom was Josh McDaniels. Uh, then news came out later the evening that they're like, no, we're, we're cool. Wait until after the playoffs. So what this to me says, and like I've read a bunch of articles that kind of agree uh, with this take. This doesn't bode well for a head coaching uh, job for Josh McDaniels. Like the fact that he has gone home without having signed a contract to me uh, says that he probably isn't going to be their guy and they're going to wait until after the the playoffs to maybe hire an OC away from uh, Baltimore or, uh, you know, one of... One yeah, of maybe the they'll take teams. Greg Roman or Eric Biemi or whoever yeah. the, uh, the, the Chiefs OC is. Right, right. I... I love it because fuck Josh McDaniels. After yeah, what he right? did to the Colts... Yeah, of course. After what he did to the Colts, I I don't want Josh McDaniels to be a well-regarded coaching prospect. Like it was because kind of baffling to be. me that people were even considering him this year, especially this year. The offense was garbage. 
Yeah, and yeah, dude. Like I, I follow some Patriots fans on Twitter, and they were always complaining about his play calling. Mm-hmm. So it, Josh Mc, his his only history is a remarkable flame out in Denver, and then leaving the Colts at the altar. Like Josh yeah. McDaniels seems like a toxic person to hire. <laughs> yeah. So a him, toxic person and a not good coach. I. I love seeing this happen to him because fuck Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yes, 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 absolutely. I, 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 this, it makes me really happy. I, I, I just like, it would make me very, very, very happy for him not to have a head coaching job because he doesn't fucking deserve it. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He fucking doesn't. Oh, I Apparently, there are rumors that Jim Schwartz is out of the running for the Browns coaching job, which that's a bummer. I like Jim Schwartz. I think yeah, he's okay. Yeah, that would have been fun. I would have enjoyed watching Jim Schwartz do stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hey, here's some news. The NFL didn't find David Clowney for his hit on Carson Wentz that took him out. Oh. That, that seems like a mistake. I feel like he should have gotten a fine for that hit. Yeah, maybe, a, like, I don't know. That hit was... It was, like, it was oh, unnecessary. Like, oh, illegal hit. Yeah, whatever. It was. It was unnecessary. I, you know, at least a slap on the wrist type of fine, right? I don't know. I don't yeah. fucking know. Yeah, like I can understand, like if you give a hit someone and it injures them, but it's it's a football play that feels necessary. But that 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 was kind of like a hit where you're like, eh, like he didn't need to hit him like that. He didn't need to go down. He, he could have just, you know, touched him. He was already getting tackled. There was no, there was no need to put the bang on him that hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so we're still waiting for the Browns to hire their coach. And that's, yeah, that's it. So that, I guess well, by the time I get the... this edited and put up, uh, they will have hired Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, yeah, absolutely. We're we're really jinxing it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what the Browns do because it it seems clear that I mean it seems clear that they really need a very good head coach right the fuck now because the team is obviously capable of getting wins right the now they're talented the team is finally wins. talented yes yes and and like it's it's very scientific actually the browns the past couple of seasons have been have been doing a very scientific thing which is removing variables right like where where is the where does the curse lie where is the um where is the actual problem is it is it talent okay maybe let's let's get some actual good players uh, on our team. No, we, uh, well, maybe that kind of worked, eh, well, but there's, it's not enough. Okay, where is it? Like, is it the front office? Is it our, you know, fucking Coke doing uh, owner? Maybe, I don't know. Well, we can't talk about that really. I, I it's, it's very, it's very, be, because of the fact that no one really expects anything from the Browns, except for this past off season, right when they when they disappointed because because they thought they had everything in place, it it was it's wild to see over the course of a few football seasons them kind of uh, tripping over their dick enough to eliminate those variables, right? 
um, either on purpose or, yeah, by tripping over their own dick. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I yeah, they, they need it. Baker Baker Mayfield really needs it. I think he's I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Well, rather, I think, I think he, he could, could be a, a I think he could be a good quarterback. They just need to get him better coaching. Speaking of better coaching, the Giants are apparently looking at Freddie Kitchens for OC, which yikes. Man. Yikes. Oh boy. Oh yikes. boy. Oh boy. Yikes. Do you hear that? Do you hear that Marvin Lewis, uh, on the on like on on his coaching interviews, has been like, "Yeah, if you hire me, I'm not going to work unless you let me bring on Hugh Jackson as my OC." He must be in like a secret tryst with Hugh because he loves you. I don't know what Hugh. the deal is. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Listen, that's fucking great. That's fucking great. Know your worth and fucking ask for it. Yeah. It's twenty. It's twenty twenty. Fucking shoot your shot. Whatever. Go for it. Anyway, you know what, Sam? Yes. I'm just happy for good football. Patriots. Good Patriots-free football. We're finally moving on. We're finally reaching that era where we might just not deal with them anymore. I'm super pumped. It's going to be fucking great. Can we keep up with you this weekend, Sam? Yes, you can. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Grezes, S-A-M-G-R-E-S-C-E-S, and on Twitch and Instagram at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dave? I'm Dropplay Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Dropplay Dave, on Facebook at the Dropplay Comic, on Instagram at Dropplay Dave, and of course on the Dropplay.com, where I will probably be talking about nothing but cats for probably the next week, because it's been stuck in my damn head since I saw it, and I don't know if I'm going to get it out. But I appreciate your patience in these trying times. And hey, no Patriots. We'll see you next week, everybody. Hi, I'm Morgan Spatola, the host of Morgan Needs a Podcast, which is a podcast about cats. Uh, okay, Morgan, great delivery. Love the energy, but that's just, that's just not true. Can you take that line again, please? <clears throat> okay, um, I'm the host of Morgan Needs a Podcast, a podcast about the evolutionary advantages of gizzards. Morgan, what? Okay, okay, it's a podcast about, uh, bosons and other elementary particles? A podcast about strange colored milk? It's about doing crimes for people you like. Beer. It's about beer. Cactus safety. How to properly retrieve a dropped burrito from a sewer drain. It's about, uh... All right, Morgan, we're three hours into this ad recording, and I'm starting to think that you don't actually have a podcast. I don't. That's the whole point. I'm trying to find one, and I want people to join me every month so we can figure this whole thing out together. That's why it's called Morgan Needs a Podcast. Part of the Scavengers Network, and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, so we need to record this promo for the Nerd Cult. Well, uh, we should probably mention that we're a podcast. Uh, Be sure to say, though, that uh, we talk about all things video games, movies, TV, tabletop games, comics, anime, manga, all that stuff. And then uh, Brock should throw out some basic info, you know, like uh, how you can find us at nerdcultspodcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Player.fm, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube, and how we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Hey, wait, whoa, whoa, hey, Uh, hey, I'm writing all this down. Should we tell them we have no idea what we're doing most of the time? Why, why would we tell them that? 
good point. But maybe you should finish it off by letting everyone know that we release episodes every two weeks on Tuesdays. Wait a second. Have we been recording this whole time?